Denver Sports presents the Mile High Hockey Podcast with Mike Evans, presented by Fort Comfort Gutters. Now here's your host with the latest on the burgundy and blue, Mike Evans. Hey everybody, welcome into the Mile High Hockey Podcast All-Star Break Edition as the Avalanche settling into a nice long break. Good for them. Not so fun for us as hockey fans because we're going to be without hockey for a while, but Hey, if it ends up being good for the Avalanche and if they use the break to the best of their advantage, then it's all good. They go into the break feeling really good about themselves, and we should feel pretty good about them as they are first in their division, second in the conference, and in a a position to make a real serious run at this and set themselves up for home ice and, and perhaps even home ice throughout the course of the Western Conference part of the playoffs the the big story is the addition of Zach Parise and and what that means for the avalanche I think there's a couple of ways of looking at it one immediately immediately he kind of serves as your Tomas Tatar replacement somebody who comes from a place where he had scored 20 goals and you had a certain expectation a hope for what Tatar could bring didn't work out they moved on from Tatar this is a case where they kind of slide Parise into that kind of a role to see what uh, he can add to this hockey team. It also gives you some insurance for Val Nachuskin. Now, the hope is that Val at some point will be back and he'll get right back to playing at the just, uh, you know, behemoth level that he was playing at before he left to go into the player assistance program. So this gives you some... Uh, you know, security net, if you will, just some depth. And Jared Bednar at the break talked about how when it comes to his hockey team, he feels really good about the depth of his defensemen to the point where it's actually tough to find some minutes for guys that maybe are deserving of getting more minutes. He also feels like the goaltending has settled down. Alexander Georgiev putting together a good stretch of hockey right before the all-star break. I still think It wouldn't surprise me if the Avalanche were still out on the lookout for a backup goaltender with the idea of addressing that position, maybe upgrading that position for the stretch run just to make sure that Georgiev isn't getting uh, overworked down the stretch. But he did say, Bednar did acknowledge that up front, they're still looking for depth, that they're looking for some more help. Uh, with the idea of, uh, as he said, it just seems like as as they've gone along throughout the season, just when it feels like they have everybody whole up front, they lose somebody. And so this is just to ensure that they they have some some depth. A guy like Parise, the thing about Parise, and even though he's been in Minnesota Wild for a long time, I think he's one of those players, am I, am I right, Avalanche fans, that uh, he is somebody that even – as an enemy, you were always able to kind of respect a guy like Zach Parise's game. I know I've always respected his game. And and Jared Bednar raving about the characteristics, the traits of this guy as a hockey player, that you, you talk about somebody who's going to fit into the room really easy. A guy like Zach Parise will with his professionalism, his work ethic, and the kind of reputation he's built over a long, long career. You know that this is somebody who will fit in. And I know the players – really appreciate the fact that the uh, that management went out and did something like this. I, I know from covering the Avalanche teams when they were winning Cups back in the late uh, uh, 1990s and, and into 2000, talking to the players, one thing they, they always loved was management, Pierre Lacroix, 
would never feel satisfied. He would always be looking to go out and make a move, always looking to strengthen a team, even in areas where he felt or you felt that the team was already pretty strong. There was two ways that he looked at the motivation for doing it. One, just try to make the hockey team better. Secondly, there's something about sending the message to your team that we believe in you and that we go out and make a move to make us better. We believe in you, and here's our way of showing it. And I think also for a hockey team that is is going through the long grind of an 82-game season, having somebody new come in like this, somebody who is so well-known, so well-respected, uh, w- will only help to really lift the overall uh, disposition, the morale of, of this hockey team. As far as what Parise can bring, well, we'll, we'll see. He uh, hasn't played this year. And so they'll get a chance to see him. He'll skate later on this week. He'll be with the team when they head out on the road. And then it's just a matter of finding out what he's got, what kind of role he can fill. And you you hope that there's a, a lot of upside to tap into. But at the least, uh, you, you've got some options and you've got some depth. And if Val comes back and is is ready to roll and picks up where he left off, it's a good problem to have um, trying to find spots and trying to find openings and roles for everybody to fill. And if somebody gets left out, hey, again, that that might be uh, a good problem to have. As far as where this, this team is at at the break, I, I've said this before. I don't look at this team from through the lens of uh, racking up points during the course of the regular season or – uh, becoming a 100, 105, 110-point team during the season. I'm, I'm not obsessed with where they finish in the, the standings. Everything I look at with the Avs is through the prism of, I know, having seen it just a couple of years ago, I have a pretty good idea of what, what a Stanley Cup winning Avalanche team looks like. I think we all do. And so I look through the prism of what I'm watching right now, does this feel like it's good enough to win another Stanley Cup. And to be honest with you, I'm not convinced yet. I still see, and it's something that a year ago at this time, I was saying the same thing, and I'm saying it a year later. I still see that hole when it comes to the second-line center. And it's it's funny because the Avs' third line is, is really their second line right now because it's their second-best line. So you start to maybe ask the question, all right, if this is technically your second best line is Ross Colton, what you have in mind when it comes to a second line center. Ryan Johansson hasn't lived up to uh, what they were hoping to get from him when they went out and acquired him. So you're still looking at the the idea of a second line center. And, and, and without Jerry Bednar coming out and just saying it specifically, I think he's he's danced around it. Uh, for most of the season when he talks about the the need for more from his forwards. And while he has said that he is encouraged by what they're getting from the supporting cast, there is still that that sense I get from Jared Bednar that he feels like they could be stronger um, up front. Even if, even if and when, and I'm going to assume when, even when Val Nechuskin comes back, uh, I still feel like this is a, a team that's going to need more up front. The question is, can you do it? Can you find it? And, and what would you have to give up for it? Because remember, if if you're talking about 
what the Avalanche need or would be looking for in a second-line center. That's a lot different than what your typical NHL contender uh, might have in mind when it comes to a second-line center. What might be good for them is still lacking for what the Avalanche need. If the idea is all about winning a Stanley Cup, and the last time we saw the Avs win a Cup, they had Nazem Kadri as that second-line center. If you're establishing that kind of as your baseline of what you think the Avalanche need from their second-line center to go out and win another Stanley Cup, then where are you going to find that guy? And what are you going to have to give up to get that kind of guy? And so uh, I'll be honest, in, in just kind of sifting through some of the names that are out there right now, nothing really grabs my attention to say, yeah, go grab him. I know we were talking about a month ago about Elias Lindholm with Calgary. Problem is, he's not having that very that good of a year. Uh, he'd be a rental player. And for an Avalanche team that doesn't have a first-round pick for the next couple of years, is that somebody that is is worth further depleting either your upcoming draft capital or one of your young players, perhaps an Oscar Olofsson? Don't get me wrong. I, I'm not in a position right now where I sit and look at the avalanche and worry about holding on to draft picks. Uh, there's a certain level when a quote less need with the Rams, there's a certain level of F them picks for me when it comes to the ass, you're in a championship window. You got to maximize it. I, I'm not worrying about draft picks that uh, will be spent on, on some 17 year old that we won't see until uh, 2028. It's, it's about trying to win a cup, another cup and as many cups as possible right right there. But at, at some point, I don't want to grossly overpay. And if there's somebody out there that, you know, you can get, but you have to overpay for and you're not really sure you're getting what you truly need for that second-line center, is it really worth it? Um, one, one name to keep in mind on, I want to give our, our guy Drew Spivak here at the, the station credit for this one. We were talking about this before I came over here to do the, the podcast and we were talking just about that topic, about the second-line center and what's out there. Is there anybody out there that really grabs your attention and saying, hey, you know, that's the guy. If you're trying to win another Stanley Cup and you got to be really strong and feel really confident about what you have at 2C, who's out there? He did say it'd be interesting to watch Pittsburgh. What happens with Pittsburgh? What if Pittsburgh falls out of contention? Does Pittsburgh try to speed up their rebuild? Do they try to do Sidney Crosby a solid by trading him? You know, Ray Bork style, late in his career. Um, now, Sid's got Stanley Cups. It's not as, elu- as elusive for him as it certainly was for Ray Bork, but is there a sense that does he look at his situation and say, hey, at this stage of my, of my career, I'll always be a Penguin, but I'd like to sip out a – Lord Stanley's Cup at least one more time. Hey, Pittsburgh, can you do me a solid and send me to a place where I have a chance to achieve that? And, oh, by the way, uh, reunite with my buddy Nathan McKinnon. You know, it, it, it's something to watch for. And and start as we look once action resumes after, uh, after this All-Star break. Start looking at those teams that are falling out of contention and maybe you're starting to think about their rebuild, it's an interesting name to file away. I would put it as a long, long, long shot, but 
it's uh, it's an interesting name just to kind of file away and put on the back burner. As to uh, what to expect from the Avalanche after they get, uh, come out of this uh, All Star break, I thought it was very interesting, and it just it just to, to me there's that saying. My, I think Mike Tomlin made it famous with the Steelers. The standard is the standard. I think the Avalanche subscribed to that, and I thought Jared Bednar summed it up perfectly when he was talking about what this team is going to be doing coming out of the break, that, okay, we're through the first part of the season, the first half of the season. Guys have had a chance to get acclimated. We've kind of, you know, played guys, given guys a chance to show what they can do. But now we're going to start to really focus, tighten up the focus. As he said, we're going to really start to nitpick. We're going to take things that maybe we let slide in the first part of the season, and we're going to start to make a big deal out of them. We're going to really start to screw in tighter on the details. And he said, not only is that important, because when you're trying to win a Stanley Cup, you have to nitpick. You have to try to tighten everything down. He said, also, though, we've got a team made up of leaders that are okay with that, and they understand why we're doing that. And so whereas some teams might crumble at that kind of uh, intensity and focosity uh, might crumble under that kind of scrutiny and really nitpicking from the coaching staff. Bednar is very confident that his leaders understand it. This is what they're, uh, this is what they've done in the past. This is what they need to do if they want to win another Stanley cup. And this is what they want the, the coaching staff to do so they can go out and try to win another Stanley cup. So he's got the blessing of his best players, once you have the buy-in from your best players to coach that way, then it just makes coaching so much easier. So something to look for. Uh, maybe it won't be really evident as we're watching the games, but certainly be listening to what the players and coaches are saying. You might hear a different kind of uh, message uh, coming from them as we move deeper into the season, just as in, in terms of you know what qualifies as a, a successful game. Yeah, maybe we got the two points, but the way we played wasn't good enough. Needs to be better. This is where we need to tighten up. You're going to see things get screwed down tighter. Nitpick was the word that Jared Bednar used, and um, I'm all for it. And I, I think it's awesome because uh, you can feel confident as a fan that you're rooting for a team that has such high, high expectations. They're going to be so demanding of their players uh, in a way that a lot of teams simply can't even hope to approach uh, that kind of um, self-criticism and be able to apply it the right way. Avalanche feel they can. You should feel pretty confident in, the, in their ability to do it. Enjoy the hockey break. We'll, we'll come back a little bit later on this week. Still got plenty of stuff from the first half of the season to uh, talk about and uh, hand out some awards, some midseason awards to this point. And look forward to the second half of the season, which will be here before you know it. But in the meantime, enjoy the rest of your uh, hockey week. Try to find your hockey fix somewhere. I don't know. Maybe go rent Miracle or something. You know, watch a good hockey movie. Slap shot. You know, something to get your hockey fix in. In the meantime, that'll do it for me and the Mile High Hockey Podcast presented by Four Comfort Gutters. Your comfort, our priority. We'll talk to you later in the week.